Well, I asked for a couple of volunteers before church. Could I have those come up here, please? No holding hands. <laughs> I'm kidding with you guys. All right, don't be nervous. Are you nervous? Are you scared? Yes. All right. All right, make sure. Okay. Okay, all right. Joey, since you're the only guy and you're the most handsome one, you sit up here, okay? All right. Okay, I need a microphone for these guys. We want to hear, we want to hear how smart they are. Okay, and why don't you just come stand by Joey, okay? Okay. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, you know, uh, well, I just love Christmas, and, and uh, you know, I remember as a kid, I loved Christmas because of all the presents I would always get. I always liked it. You know, remember last year I said I didn't like getting those flat boxes because in the flat boxes is where the, they put clothes and stuff. I didn't like that. But, uh, but then once I've received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, of course, Christmas took on a whole new meaning. We get to celebrate the very birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen and give the Lord one more hand this morning, will you? Okay. All right. So, um, I know we got Hell's Angels in town today, and I know that they're going to be running the streets and keeping us from getting home, so, so um, I know that. So when we leave church, just go this way and get on the highway instead of right here, okay? All right? Because anyways, let's, we'll, get, we'll get back to that. All right. Um, so three good-looking kids, huh? Three good-looking kids. And... Um, so let's do this first. If I could, let me get your name and occupation, okay? Your name and occupation. If you don't know what occupation is, take a wild guess at it and give me your name and occupation. You go first, Patricia. I just said your name, didn't I? Name and occupation. Hurry up. My name's Patricia, and my occupation is... Take a wild guess at what you think occupation is. Very good, huh? Now, that's her, okay. Now, you can't repeat her occupation, okay? I need, Joey, I need your name and occupation. My name and occupation is to pray. To pray. What's your name? Joey. Joey what? Stalker. And what's your mama's name? Maggie. M- Maggie. And your daddy? All right, you got it down. And your occupation is to pray. Is that right? Yeah. Very good. Wasn't that, isn't that so sweet? Huh? Okay, now I need your name and occupation. My name is Gracie, and my occupation is to um, love everyone and um, to love God. Oh, I like that. Huh? Huh? That's right. Now, an, an occupation is something that you, that you do, what defines you, what you do for a living. Like Brother Fox, he's a pastor. And then, and then like, um, your, your daddy works in the oil field. Okay? So that's their occupation. So, you see, I love your occupation. You're, you're praising the Lord, and you're praying to the Lord, and you're loving people because that's what the Lord wants us to do, right? Okay. Now, we've got to hurry up. So what about Christmas? Christmas is coming up pretty soon, huh? How many days till Christmas? Okay. 19. How many do you think? 19. 19 days till Christmas. And so, do you think you'll be getting? Um, do you think you'll be getting something good, or do you think you'll be getting coal? From my puppy, I think coal or something. <laughs> okay. So 
you think you're going to get some coal? Yeah, for my puppy. Okay. What do you think? You think you're going to get something nice or you're going to get coal in your stocking? Toys. Toys. Okay. And what about you? Probably makeup. Okay. So, so what do you really want for Christmas? Tell me that. American Girl Doll stuff. American Girl Doll stuff. You know, I went there. I've seen the place there in Fort Worth. It's not that big of a deal. Okay. <laughs> Just want you to know. Okay. All right. What do you want for Christmas? Okay. You. An airplane. Okay. All right. Now, would, would you like a Boeing 747 or just a, Cess, just a Cessna 240? What, what kind of airplane would you like? You don't know? Just something that flies? Do you want to be able to get into that airplane and fly it or just have remote control flying airplane? Okay. All right. You're off the hook, Mag. Okay. All right. And what do you want for Christmas? Uh, what is wrong with y'all? Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, that's good. Okay. Now, so now whose birthday is this? Jesus. So what do you say? Let's unwrap a gift that the Lord has for us. Do you th- y'all want to help me do that real quick? Okay. So, Joey, if, you'll, if y'all go get that box right there and then bring it back over here, and uh, let's unwrap that. And let's see what the Lord, why he, why he was born to this world and why he come to this earth and that he ultimately died on the cross so he could give us something very important. Now, um, what, what do you think that, that God wants to give us? What do you think? Anything. You just name it. Um, he wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to go to heaven. Yeah, that's why he came to this earth ultimately, right? Give, give Patricia a hand. You know, after all, her occupation is to praise the Lord. That's good. And, Joey, what do you think he wants to give us for Christmas? Okay, let's see the, leave the box here. All right. Jeez. Okay, what is that again? To go and see Jesus. To go and see Jesus. You think he, he, wants us, he wants to see us, and he wants us to see him. Is that right? I think you're right 100%. Don't you all think so? Absolutely. Give him a hand. And Patricia? Uh, Gracie? Um, Jesus wants to love us and Okay, so for Christmas, what do you think he wants to give us? That he wants to, that he wants to love us and pray for us. Amen. I, don't you agree with that, everybody? Okay. All right, so let's open that up and let's see. We're going to unwrap several things before Christmas of what Jesus would want us to have. And so number one we're going to look at this morning is this in here. Let's see what he sent us. Let's see what the Lord sent us. This is personal to us. Okay, let's take out whatever's in there. Okay. Now, Gracie, what is that? What does the envelope say on the front? Cornerstone um, Church Family. Okay. Boy, Jesus has really good handwriting, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, let's open that up. And I want y'all to read that, okay? I know we... I'm just going to tear it up. Oh, you're going to tear it up? That's, the, that's a divine envelope, and she's going to tear it up. Okay. All right. So, now, what does that say? Okay. My gift to my gift to you is walking by the Spirit, your your Lord. Okay. Is that what you read? My gift to you is walk by the Spirit, your Lord. 
Okay, very good. All right, so the gift we're going to be unwrapping today and talking about is the gift that every believer is able to walk by the Lord or to walk in the Spirit. Okay, are you all ready to hear about that? Yeah, you excited about that? Okay, take that back to your seat, Joey. Give the kids a hand, will you please? All right. Well, I'll never be a Bill Cosby, and maybe that's a good thing. You know how he had that show, just kidding around, now he's in trouble. All right, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, would you please? Galatians chapter 5, and uh, this morning we're going to be, um, let me make a change here, talking about unwrapping this special gift of walking in the Spirit. I had to make the font bigger. I couldn't see it. I think for this Christmas, I want some of that LASIK surgery. That would be nice. But anyway, so let's talk about unwrapping the Christmas gift this morning of walking in the Spirit. You know, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I guess if we're thinking about all the different things that the Lord has for us and that he gives us through his, through his birth... We may not think about walking in the Spirit first. I know in my mind, as I was thinking about this little series we're going to be doing just for these couple of weeks coming up before Christmas, is like, okay, so what does the Lord give me as a believer that, um, that he's given me because of his birth and, of course, ultimately his death and his resurrection? And so I thought, well, you know, he's given us, like Gracie and Patricia and Joey said, he's given us love. You know, and we know he gives us peace, and we know he gives us the tranquility of life, and we know that he gives us an, an eternal life. Everybody say amen to that. Aren't you glad about that? So he gives us all these things. And so my mind started thinking, and, you know, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and, and all these things, these gifts that we have as a Christian that we can use as part of this world, these are all the things that are a result of one fruit, and that's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and the only way we get the fruit of the Spirit is by walking by the Spirit. Now, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. I want us to start in verse 16. And I'd like for us to just to break this down this morning a little bit. And I want you to be encouraged. And, and um, you know, this is what I prayed this morning and what I've been praying this week. Is that, is that, um, that the Word of God being spoken this morning will fall on some good soil in your lives today. Because I know that all of us want to have a victorious life and a successful life in our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, really and truly, when we sum up our, our walk and our life and, our, and being successful in Christ, it's, here's, it's to simplify it, it's all right here in Galatians chapter 5. You know, this whole Christian thing isn't this over hard thing to understand and to get. We sometimes make it that way, but God has really simplified it for us, and that is by walking by the Spirit. Look at it with me in Galatians chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 16. But you know, we don't have it on the screen, but if you looked at chapter 5, it says, in verse 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. I like that. Underline that in your Bibles. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And he's talking about being a slave to sin, being a slave to our flesh. And he goes in these next verses and he talks about that of our, of our flesh and of the law and what the law can't do and being slave and being in bondage to that. He says in verse 5, he says, For we, through the Spirit, by faith, 
are waiting for the hope of righteousness. You see it? Now, go ahead and skip to verse 16. And so he's talking about this being in bondage to the, to the flesh, to the evil one. Um, and then he moves on and to verse 16, and he says, But I say, you Christians, he's talking to the Galatian church. Everybody look. Everybody listen. He's saying, But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, I want us to look at that verse. He's not saying a maybe here. He's not saying if you do this, this might happen. This is really a a promise by command here. And he's saying, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not, it doesn't say may not, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the fruits, and if you have a more uh, modern translation, it may say deeds. It's more of a contemporary word. Perhaps a word we use more in our, in our vocabulary today, but the word deeds. But now the deeds or the fruits of the flesh are evident, which are, here they are, he lists them. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, it says deeds or fruits. That's a plural word. You see it? It means there's more than one. Plural. He says, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, fractions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like this. These are the, these are the works of the flesh. Are, are you here with me? These are the works of the flesh, not of the spirit, but of the flesh. This corpse that we have, you see. And he says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Look back at verse 22 again. But the fruit of the Spirit. Again, that is a singular word, not a plural word. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's how you walk by the Spirit, is you crucify the flesh. You don't do the things of the flesh, but by the reading of God's Word, by praying to our Lord Jesus Christ, by surrendering ourselves to Him day by day, minute by minute we crucify the flesh and that is how you walk by the spirit so he says if we live by the spirit let us also walk by the spirit you see there's an attitude and there's an action that we have to partake of as christians and believers let us not become boastful challenging one another envying one another all right lord we love you and we thank you for the word of god And so, Lord, um, I just pray that all of us here this morning will just be that soil that is good soil that will produce fruit uh, 60 and 30 and 100 fold. And so, Lord, I pray um, for all of us, first of all, if there's one here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that God, that you'll call them. And, and Lord, that they'll have your, their minds this morning um, connected to those things that are spiritual and not things that are going on or that has happened, but, Lord, that all of us here, um, to make that rededication to to walk by the Spirit, Lord, that we'll just listen to your word this morning so that we can have victorious living each day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. So this morning, let's look at this and because Jesus wants us all to be successful. Right? You know, I look out here at all of us, and there's quite a few of us missing this morning. It's Christmas season. A lot of people are out doing different things. But for all of us this morning, I want us to know that all for, Corner, for Cornerstone Church family is, is he wants us to be successful. He wants us to be successful at, at being Christians. Now, um, walking by the Spirit therefore is successful Christian living. And the only way that the Christian life can be lived successfully is how he tells us in Galatians. That is, we walk by the Spirit. The Christian cannot walk independent of the Holy Spirit. You see, at the very, at the very point of salvation, the Holy Spirit came to take residence up into us. And the Christian cannot walk independent of that Holy Spirit. He cannot generate his own energy, his own resource, but success in the Christian is directly related to the spiritual walk. Now, these are three reasons. I want to give you three reasons why walking by the Spirit is the only way to fulfill the plan that God has for Christians. Okay? Number one. Again, three reasons why walking by the Spirit is the only way to fulfill the plan that God has for us. Okay? So I got a lot of points in this. So I want you to understand. So, so, so why do we have to do it this way? Why? Listen to me. Because a lot of us aren't successful because we don't do this. So why do we have to do it this way? Why do we have to walk by the Spirit? Why do we have to allow the Holy Spirit to have control of our lives? Why to be, success, to, to be successful? Why do I have to? And this is the only way to do it. Do you see how big this gift is of walking by the Spirit? I mean, this is the only way that we'll ever be successful in our lives. This is it. This is the only thing. So I think this is an important gift. Don't you think so? And so why is this the only way? Number one, and I'm going to be quick. Number one, number one, because of the impossible standard that God requires. God requires an impossible standard. And we can't do it in our own selves. The Holy Spirit has to do it in us and through us. So because of the impossible nature of God's standard, the only way that it could ever be fulfilled is when we walk by the Spirit or in the, or in the Spirit. Let me give you an example. First uh, John chapter 2.6, it simply says this, and it pits it in the most easiest way to understand and the most impossible thing to ever do. Listen to what it says, 1 John 2, 6. It says, he that saith he abideth in him are also to walk as he walked. Do you see how impossible that standard is? If we say that we're Christians and that we abide in Jesus Christ, then we're to walk exactly as Jesus Christ walked. Can you do that? Can you do that? We're supposed to do that. Can I do it on my own? Can you do it on your own? There's no possible way. The standard is way too high because, because I don't know about you, but for me, you know, I'm not the most perfect guy, especially if I'm Ron Fox in the flesh and try to do things in my resources and in my power and my strength. But if I walk by the Spirit and if I subdue and if I put to rest that carnal state of Ron Fox and I walk by the Spirit and I'm obedient to the Word of God, then I can meet that standard because I can only do it by walking by the Spirit. Do you see how simple that is? 
Everybody? So number one is number one is that is that we can't do it on our own because it's an impossible standard to meet. Second Corinthians six sixteen, God says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and that's the key. That's how we meet that standard, is we allow God to do the walking for us in us and through us, and we surrender to that. Do you see it? It is God who dwells in the believer who walks in the believer. Who walks in the believer. Number two. The second reason that we should walk in the spirit is because the enemy we have. It's because of the enemy we have. It's a high standard. But another reason why this is the only way we can do it to be a successful Christian is because of the foe that we have. Um, we could never possibly fight Satan in our own strength, can we? Can we? We try it all the time, but guess what? We lose every time, don't we? We never, we can never possibly fight Satan in our own strength. We can't do it. There is no way, humanly speaking, that we can handle Satan. Now, it's interesting, I think, to keep in mind that the battle going on in the universe is not between Christians and Satan. Did you know that? This battle, this spiritual thing that's going on, it's not between Christians and Satan. It's between God and Satan. And guess what? We get stuck in the middle. We get stuck in the middle. Here we go. Listen. The, the re, we want to be successful. And God gives us this gift of walking in the Spirit. And we can't, be sex, sex, we can't be successful on our own. Number, number two, we just saw, is because the enemy. Listen, Satan is not of this world. The Bible says he is, he is not of this world, that um, he is not flesh and blood, but he is a principality. And, and so we can't fight anything from the flesh. I know, I've tried it, and you've tried it, and we get involved in the fight, and whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're, we're put into this battle, in the middle of this battle between God and Satan. And the whole point is, is that you can't fight Satan on the, on a, from a fleshly standpoint. It's got to be done in the spirit. And so the only way you can successfully stand against the wiles of the evil one is to walk in the spirit because you can't do it in the flesh. But we try and do it and we fail and we're not successful. And that's all what God is saying here in Galatians chapter 5 is stop trying to do it in the flesh. Stop trying to do it in your own might. Stop trying to think that you're something super. You're not. You've got to walk in the Spirit. You see? So the only way we get it done is by walking in the Spirit. Number three, the third reason why is this. The third reason that we must walk by the Spirit is because of the power of the sinful flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, walk, walk by means of the Spirit and you shall not, what? Fulfill the lust thereof. Pretty simple. The only way you can ever conquer the flesh is to walk by means of the Spirit. Now, it's having your mind saturated and dominated by the things of the Spirit of God in the person of Jesus Christ. I like what it says in Ephesians. Listen close. Ephesians says, Be not drunk with wine. What does that mean? 
<laughs> Sometimes we just take a literal, you know, interpretation of that, and I understand we're a little interpretist, and it says just don't go drink wine and get drunk. Just drink a little bit and you're okay. But that's not the meaning underneath this text. Ephesians says, be not drunk with wine, meaning that's only satisfying the flesh. You see it? Instead, he says, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Because only the spiritual things, walking in the Spirit, will satisfy and make you successful. Anything your flesh desires is not going to make you successful. And it's not even going to satisfy you because you never can get enough. It's only, he says, by the Spirit, by walking in the Spirit, that will satisfy the longing that's in our lives to make us successful. You see it? Do you see it? All right. Now, let's look at this. So the Spirit, this gift that we have, must be unwrapped and used. We must not walk in the flesh and restrain the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in the Spirit. In verse 8 it says, Then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, what happens when you walk in the Spirit? So we understand that the only way we're going to be successful is by walking in the Spirit. So if you walk in the Spirit... What do you produce? Look at verse 22. You produce the fruit of the Spirit. Look at it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Whew. Um, how many is that? That's... that's um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's nine characteristics. Isn't that a, isn't that isn't that pretty amazing? I mean, doesn't don't we all want to have those characteristics? Don't we? Don't we? Isn't it? Isn't it when life is is so enjoyable as when these characteristics are evident in our life? Love, joy, meekness, self-control, patient, patience. I mean, gosh. That's the fruit of the, that's that's what happens when we walk in the spirit. Now I want no, I want you to notice a couple of things. I'm going to blow your mind on this just a little bit, because I want you to un understand this little interesting little deal here. And you see in verse 22 it says, and I brought your attention to it a while ago. It says it says in verse 22 it says fruit, singular, not fruits, but fruit, singular. Singular fruit. But you notice verse 19, when it's talking about the flesh, it says the works or the deeds of the flesh. Multiple works. Multiple works. But singular fruit in verse 22. You say, what's that all about? Well, listen and watch this. Hang on to this. In the flesh, you can produce two, three, Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You can produce all these different things, and they're different fruits. I mean, you look at this list, and there's envying, and there's murder, and there's all this ugly stuff that's works of the flesh. And 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 notice here that not every one person does every single one of these things. I mean, if you took this list out of here, and you and you were and you and you manifested 
or all of these were evident in your life at one given time, you would be wore out <laughs> or you'd be in prison somewhere or, or be killed. I mean, this is pretty, pretty, pretty crazy list here, right? So that's why there's that plural word of works of the flesh. It means that you, you may not have every single one of these works of the flesh manifest, manifested at one time, but they're still all works of the flesh. Now, go to verse 22. This is where it gets good. This is where it's awesome. This is where you're going to say, whoa, really? Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't say fruits of the Spirit and then list these nine characteristics of, of the fruit of the Spirit. He's calling all nine characteristics one fruit. Do you ever think about that, Tom? That means that God is saying that every single one of these things should be manifested in your life at one time. See, here's what we think a lot of times. We think, well, I got love and I got joy down, but you know what? I still got to work on the peace thing. I'm still growing. That's why I hear all the time. Or they say, you know, I got the peace thing down and I've got this thing down. I got that thing down. But this patience deal, you know what? I wasn't born to be a very patient person, so I'm okay. And we say that I'm walking in the Spirit. And we say that I'm living this perfect Christian life, but I just don't have patience. Or I just don't have self-control, but I got this one. Listen to me. What God is saying is, is that this is the fruit of the Spirit. That all of these should be manifested in a believer's life all at one time. All at one time. And you say, Pastor, I can't do that. Well, I'm telling you, we can't do that because we're not because we're sitting there's something missing. Then we're not walking fully in the Spirit as we're supposed to. I'm not saying there's a defect. I'm not saying that you're not saved. And neither is the Apostle Paul here in the book of Galatians. But he's saying is, is that walk in the Spirit. And if you're doing it 100% right, then this fruit of the Spirit, not just love and not just joy and not just patience, but you'll have all of these manifested in your life. Manifestation of this fruit, not fruits, fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit, but that fruit shows itself in nine different ways. I love that. Give the Lord a hand this morning, will you? I think that's great. Now, please understand, God is not throwing this big old humongous thing out there and saying, here you go, you, got to, you do it now, and, and you're, you no, know, no, no, that's not what, he's not trying to make the standard so high, but he's saying is if, is it, is if, if you'll walk into my steps, and here's, here's, we already said it this morning, and, it's, and, it's, and if we'll draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us, and when we walk with him, it's him walking in us, and it's, being, being, it's letting ourselves over to the control of the Holy Spirit, and we can manifest these gifts. It doesn't mean that every second of every day of the rest of our life we're going to have all nine characteristics, but if they're not, we, need to, we know there's something missing and we got to get and we got to get serious about walking in the Spirit. It's not an option. Yes, you were born in the flesh and you were, and you were born separated from God and you were born a fallen person and yes, your flesh is corrupt and yes, you pull around this dead corpse with you, but your job is to mortify it, put it to death. Don't be satisfied with just part of this list because all your life you've been calling it the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. All nine things, all in one. Do you see it? Do you see it? Well, let's finish this up. I hear motorcycles, so I want to get to fuzzies before they do. All right. <laughs>
Paul says there's only one way to dominate the flesh. That's through the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against there is no law. Why did he throw in there is no law? Because the whole first part of Galatians chapter 5, and make sure you read it today when you go home, that's all about the law, and the law couldn't save. The law couldn't do anything except point out what was wrong in your life. And so when he starts back in verse 16, that's when he makes this contrast saying, now to you Christians, you don't walk by that. You're, 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 not, you're not entangled with the law anymore, but instead you're to walk in the Spirit of God. Isn't that beautiful? Those things are beyond law because those things relate to the power of the Spirit. People say, People say, oh, my problem is there is not enough love in my life. You know what I say? You know what God says? Good. Because that's a fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit of the Spirit, love. Walk in the Spirit and you'll have love in your life. People say, I'm lonely. I need love. Yeah, I understand, and, and again, I'm not making, I, I, I get it, and it hurts my heart. A lot of people are lonely. I know my dad is lonely, but just as my dad has found that, um, that uh, he has got a lot of love in his life now because he's, he fell in love with Jesus Christ, and especially when he's walking in the Spirit, he's in pretty good shape. You see? Um, you know, it's, people may say, well, I'm always, I'm always depressed, and I'm in despair, and Can I remind you that the fruit of the Spirit is joy? We may not always have joy in life. We may not always find joy in in the way people treat us and things are done to us. But what God is saying here is that if we let those things control us, that's from the flesh. And God says we've been saved unto something else, and that's to walk by the Spirit. And And the very fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of mercy. Amen? Huh? Some people say, I just can't resolve anything. I'm, I'm in conflict. I have all these fears. Well, I want you to know something. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The peace that God gives that passeth all understanding The Spirit of God is a gift that sets us free from the flesh. If we will walk in the Spirit, we will have the fruit of the Spirit. Not just part of it, but all of it. Because you really never truly have the the fruit until you have the whole thing. Isn't that what it says? You know, I've, I've read a lot of commentaries and I've heard a lot of, lot, of, lot, of, lot of preachers preach. And they always say, like they take these nine, they say, well, this four is for you and this five is of, uh, for God. Or they put them in different categories. Nope, they're in one category. It's one fruit. It's one fruit. If you go back into the Greek, it, this, is, this, is, this is singular as well. Just as well as the translation here in the English, it's singular. It's singular. 
So everything, let me just make a conclusion and write this down. So everything that's wrong in our life is produced by the flesh. And everything that is right is the fruit of the Spirit. So that takes us to the final point, and that's the conquest. Verse 24. Those things belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its, with its passions and desires. Now that's past tense, and we've done that. But sadly, a lot of us are foolish enough to carry the dead corpse around, aren't we? And, and, and we let this rotting decay affect our lives more than it needs to. So he says, from this positional standpoint, from a factual standpoint, before God, he says, the flesh is dead. And you have to reckon it dead. Its passions and desires, the power of them is broken. So verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, and we do, and we do not live by the flesh anymore, let us also, what? Walk by the Spirit, it says. Look, the only source of spiritual transformation is the Holy Spirit. The only way we can live our life is on the same level that we entered this life. Do you remember when you got saved, everything was great? I mean, because the truth is, is that the very second of salvation, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you professed with your mouth, and you believed in your heart, and it wasn't just a bunch of words, but you put it all on the line, and you repented of your sins, and you were surrendered. At that time, you had this fruit of the Spirit that was that was that was running on eight cylinders and kicking like it's supposed to but then life happened and then you, you we, we stopped walking in the spirit and we we got controlled by the flesh and so what he's saying is that we've got to reckon that flesh dead each day moment by moment we got to surrender ourselves to the spirit of god if we're going to be successful and have this fruit of the spirit that is ours and we got to do it by walking by the Spirit. Amen, everybody. Give the Lord a hand, will you? All right. Good. Now you say, well, I have all these fears and burdens and all these things. Well, walk in the Spirit, and I guarantee you, God's not a liar, and he'll overturn it in your life. God's not a liar, is he? You say, but how do you walk in the Spirit again? Well, that's through a consistent commitment to prayer, to the study of the Word, and a lot of spiritual thoughts. Let me just back up here a minute. It's not by coming to church and listening to Pastor Fox for 40, 30, 40 minutes and think everything is going to be okay. It's having personal study. It's having personal discipline. It's by yielding ourselves to those things that we know that are not of the Spirit, that are of the flesh. We, we have to yield. We have to subdue. We have to, we have to have those Bible studies, you know, on our own. We have to have a great prayer life on our own. We've, yes, we come to church, and yes, we listen to the, to the Word of God as it's being preached, but it's not enough just for it to stop there. We've got to have our own personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that personal walk then is walking in the Spirit, but we've got to subdue. We've got to yield to the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. And that's how it's done. That's the only way that it's done. And day by day by day, we yield ourselves to those things. You say that's hard to do alone, isn't it? Yes, that's very hard. Look, will, you, will you go ahead and go to me and look with me at Ephesians chapter 6? 
At Ephesians chapter 6, you say this is hard. Well, yeah, but guess what? We were never asked to do this thing alone. <laughs> Look at it. I mean, I mean, what I love about this, remember, you know, when God inspired this word to, to Paul to, be, to write down, this wasn't written in chapters and verses. This was a, this was a letter written. written. And so it, 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 it progressed in a, in, a, in a moving thought. And so after he talks, talks about walking in the Spirit, and by the way, I, I looked up this week, and to walk in the Spirit, to walk of the Spirit, is mentioned 93 times in the New Testament alone. You think that's important to walk in the Spirit? You better believe it is. Okay. He says, Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, in other words, if any of us are, are having the works of the flesh, right? Remember, this is a progressive thought that God is, is has for us. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Look at verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. You know, as a church, we're not, we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves for the teaching of God's word, but also help each other that's struggling in life. We don't walk this walk by ourselves. We have each other. And we're to, that's why we come to church, so we can sharpen each other and encourage each other and love on each other. Because it is a hard task, and you'll never can do it really on your own. We need each other. Everybody, amen to that? This week... Um, oh, darn it. My, I lost a word in my mind. This week, um, Tommy and I was up at Walmart, and we was ringing the bell. And, um, and we had a good time, didn't we? And, um, you know, Tommy had to do community service, okay? <laughs> and... <laughs> I told you. I'm kidding. We elected to, to do that. And we... <laughs> well, I told that to... Uh, 